All right, folks. Welcome once again to the Coastal Advocacy Adventures Podcast, brought to you by the Coastal Conservation Association. We're going to pick up where we left off last week with John Blaha and Jay Watkins. If you haven't heard the first part of our conversation, then I'd recommend downloading and listening to that episode, which was episode three. If you recall, we discussed Jay's path into the guide business, the opening of Cedar Bayou, fishing friendships, and memories, or as Jay put them, moments, established while on the water. Thank you all once again for tuning in. Please help us spread the word about the podcast. Leave us those reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. And with that said, here we go once again with John and Jay. Well, not to interrupt John, but we have a lot of things in common, and 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 fishing's just one of them. You know, I think we I think we both feel the same way about our families. Uh, John cries at the same movies I cry at. You know, we're not afraid to show our emotions. You know, it might embarrass our wives. You know, it embarrasses my wife. Look, Kay's laughing over there. It embarrasses my wife. My wife, why are you crying at that? It's stupid. I said, it's not stupid. It's sad. Stupid, I'd be laughing. I want to know what kind of movie. Yeah, stupid, it'd be laugh. I'd be laughing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know, hey, I see a. I I see. You know, I see some. Hey, when the first time we went to Cedar Bow, um. Me and John and Kay and Mike. I hadn't been to Cedar Bow. Lisa and Mike. I, I mean, Lisa, Lisa and Mike. I hadn't been to Cedar Bow since my dad died. And when I walked when I walked down those sand dunes and those sea oats and all the things that had nothing to do with fishing that welled up in me that my dad had taught me. My dad was a coach, but he was also a biologist. He had a master's degree in biology. And so he really was a biologist. Yeah. <laughs> he really was a biologist. And... uh Trips to Cedar Bio, fishing trips, hunting trips were educational. Do you know what kind of tracks those are? Do you know why those sea oats are shaped the way they're shaped? Do you know where their seeds are? Do you know what made that hole right there? You know, do you know why the waves do what they do? I mean, of course, I didn't know. But anyway, those things well up, welled up in me a little bit. And I was telling John about it. It's, it's emotional. Okay, that's what's supposed to be. And that's really what we're talking about here, about 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 fishing. It's that's how it's supposed to be when you take your kids out there. You're supposed to teach them something. It becomes a memory. It becomes a moment. And then in their lives, when they need that moment, they'll have it. They'll have that moment when they need it. And trust me, they'll need it. There'll come a time in their life when they'll need it, and they'll have it. You know, um, and so me and John, we love to fish, and we like to fish together. And we compete when we fish together. I always try to send him. (laughs) That's a really good spot that way. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a lot of bait going that way. My whole intent is that I'm thinking this is the right way right here. I thought I had him one day in the Oasis Bay. You had me in Cedar Bile Flats that day, and he was too far away from me for me to take a picture of about an eight-and-a-half-pound trout he caught. And he's holding him up, and I'm telling my guys, I'm like, man, if that's not a red – that is a huge trout he just caught over there, type of deal, you know. But he, and he didn't, of course, he didn't walk over to where I was so I could take a picture, which he should have. I should have. <laughs> he I should have. have. He should have, because he let the fish go. But my, my point is, our, our, our relationship, to answer the question, is based on way more than fishing. It's based on being, being alike, having the same values in life, um, thinking, you know, 
believe in the same, believe in basically the same things. You know, I believe basically that most all people are pretty good, really and truly, until they just time after time after time prove to me that they're not. You know, uh, my wife would say that I'm gullible, and I am, I am gullible, I think. Um, but well, I believe most things are good. I look at a day of fishing as as a cup of coffee. It's half full, not half empty. Um, you know, I don't care if the boat runs in front of us. Guess what? They're going to come back. Those fish are going to come back to that point because that's what they do. They're 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 creatures of habit. Don't people always tell me? I have guys, clients tell me, say you're not very aggressive on the water. That boat cut right in front of us. You didn't yell, scream, you know, any no gestures whatsoever. <laughs> I always tell myself, look at me. I am five <laughs> foot seven. <laughs> 165 pounds and 140 pounds is mouth. <laughs> I'm not going to be mouthing off to somebody, you know, that's way, way bigger than I am. Type of and you know what the real truth is? It doesn't accomplish anything. You know what it accomplishes? I did it certain few times in my life I did it. And both times they stopped right dead on top of where I didn't want them to stop. Right on top of the fish. So just let them go on by type yeah. of deal. I've tried yes. to educate people to that. Say, look, I know it's frustrating. I know that boat just pulled across in front of us. That guy just paddled across in front. That burn boat just ran across in front. That air boat just ran the shoreline. Guess what? They're used to it. Well, figure out how they, to use it to your advantage, too. Yeah, yeah. You know. Where's it going to push the fish? Where's it going to push them? And you know what? They're going to come back. They are. That, Like I said, again, I'm not a scientist, but I know what that stick that I got in my hand tells me every day. And I know that if I line my people up in a spot... And there's fish there, and a boat runs by. It takes about five or to ten minutes. They come back. So make life easy. Just, you know, it happens, it happens. And try to educate, you know, I educate my people daily on the boat. You know, there's a big movement in along the, in, in Rockport's Flatsworthy. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great ideal. Great movement. I love Chuck Neiser. You know, um, it's a little group of people wanting to educate people on being more ethical. It's a great idea. But you know what? It's something that fishermen, people that were raised fishing, have always done. My dad was always that way. My dad always told me, you can't catch another man's fish. My dad wouldn't have gone into a cove or a pocket that somebody else was wading in, an Italian bin. If we drove out there, we didn't have a boat. If we drove out there and we looked in there and there was people wading there, guess what? We didn't go there. we didn't go there went somewhere else and here's the deal I always tell people this if you don't know anywhere else you got work to do (laughs) (laughs) you got some work to do because you you know uh, uh, type of deal so anyway yeah I don't want I don't want people getting wrapped up in that I want to I think I want to see people get wrapped up into into making what ask yourself when you go fishing what is it I want out of today and then at the end of the day recap what happened and i'm pretty sure you'll find that you got exactly what you wanted yeah i mean even if you don't catch any even if you don't catch anything because you know people say oh well that's easy for you to say because you don't ever go and not catch anything are you kidding me are you kidding me you think i don't go i've been with you you've been with me hey (laughs) hey we don't want to go in too much on that trip there (laughs) but no it 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 happens it it happens that's the way it bugs me very few times to me but it happens you know, people get so hung up on the on the numbers. They do. Or, or they the they do. The fish. And, like, and you know, and like here's scoring deer. I mean, what, just 
exactly. There's and a here's, place for it, but well, and here's the deal. I want to I want to make I want to make perfectly clear, and I've said it several times. Guess who started the numbers deal and and evaluating how the day was measured? We did. Guides did. I did. You know, I don't do that anymore, but I did. I said, "Hey guys, y'all had a great day. Y'all caught thirty by nine. I've said it. I've said it in my younger years. I've said it. You know why I said it? Heck, I was proud of it. I didn't know any better. I remember talking to our biologist at Palm Harbor years ago and and thanking to him, saying to to Karen Matter and Paige and them, mm-hmm. "How long can these fish take this? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's got to be millions of them <laughs> because I mean, we are flat hammering them. I mean, how long can they take this? You know, and in those days." We didn't have the technology that we have. And you're like, oh, there's millions of them. You can never, ever hurt them with a rod and reel. Well, you know what? With with no social media, with boats that don't run in six inches or less water, with terrible polarization in your sunglasses, with really inferior tackle, you might not be able to catch them with rod and reels but guess what with what we have in place today with the teach teachings that i do with other guides do with the the conservation associations that we have the magazines we put out the knowledge we put out there the social media that we have the the podcast the newspaper articles i don't know if you ever listened to mickey eastman on the radio he's great at his job and i would have bet a million dollars when mickey started that deal that Somebody's finger is going to be wore out on pushing the bleeper button <laughs> because, <laughs> because I would have said there's no way he's going to do it. He is fantastic at the job. I mean, he's got a great radio voice. He listens to the listeners. He doesn't seem to be very biased about, you know, I don't get to hear it much down here because it just doesn't come in down here. Yeah. But I love Mickey Eastman and always have uh, type of deal. I've had, got a lot of Mickey stories. Me and Mickey go way, way back. But what I'm saying is he's educational. He's telling people. And I'm telling people, and the magazines, the Texas Saltwater Magazine, that thing's got how many, how many professionals write for it? 20? Yeah. 30? I don't know. Probably Every one 20. of them is telling you how to do it. Mm-hmm. So my point is, in today's fishery, with what we know today, it's highly possible to impact an area. So knowing that, knowing that, we need, we need, to, we need to plan for it. I've and got I'm, some, I've got some num- well, not really numbers, but some information you talked about. You don't know if it's weather related or five fish related, but you do know that the for you the fishing has been much better, decent. much better. It's been good on the middle coast, much better. So um, for the gillnets, gillnet surveys uh, that Parks and Wildlife does, you know, it's just a randomized survey. Right. They just go into a certain grid. A grid is a, a mile square section of the bay. So they just go and drop a net wherever. Right. Not at a spot where it yeah. could be good for fishing. This last year, and. Um, when they dropped their gill nets, they caught trout in every one. Mm-hmm. Even in spots where you wouldn't normally get out right. to wade or or fish out of the boat for trout. Uh, they're, the mid-coast numbers for trout are, are on the increase. They're doing better um, in the last two years. Lower coast um, has gone down slightly this past year, but not sick. Yeah. significant enough it's a smaller it. area it's a much smaller fishery in other words you know it's not as diverse as as our areas we don't it doesn't have you know once you get past the land cut you don't have the marsh you right. don't have the marsh at, 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 as ex, as expanse as yeah. we've got yeah. you know which what that means is 
people are more concentrated mm-hmm. type of deal. And and yeah, and I and I think I think definitely that that the rod and reel impacts them. There's there's no doubt it does. But just like we were saying and, and we said earlier, you can make all the laws you want, but the real the real key to this deal is education. And I, I and I, I've said it all along. I'll be I'll be dead before some of the education that we tr- we're trying, and you will be too. We're trying to do kicks in, but we're trying to educate people to, to to that. That look, you do have an impact, and the reason you have an impact is because you're you're better. You're a better fishing machine. We're better fishing machines today than we used to be because we have we have better access. We have better knowledge. We have better equipment. Uh, I mean, you know, let's just, I'm not a Facebook person. I don't do Facebook. Um, But, you know, in a matter of seconds, a guy can be standing at the mouth of Spalding and take a picture and say, five-pound trout, Spalding, slew, uh, November the 8th. Here you go, like or dislike. And 5,000 people see it. You know, I remember I asked a biologist one time. I said, "How many trout are on the Texas coast?" This was years ago. He said, "Oh, about fourteen million." I said, "How many of them are keepers?" I said, "Twenty percent." He was oh, probably not that high. He said, "Probably ten percent." I said, "How many licenses are sold?" He said, oh, "About five million." I said, "Boy, you better hope everybody don't catch one." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what his answer was? They won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Type of deal, but 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 you know that's simple. That's a simple simple person's way of looking at it. But but I think that's not too unreasonable. It's not too unreasonable. It's not too unreasonable. It's not too unreasonable when we when we consider what we know and what we teach and what we put out there. You know, we 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 first put it out there in the name of business. It's my business, you know. And then I got to thinking, well, wait a minute, my business is affecting some people's pleasure so what are you going to do about affect your business affecting their pleasure we're well, going to try to give back what can you give back well i'm not a rich guy so i can't give back money you you know you can't grow fish and give fish back what you can give back is knowledge that's all i can give is knowledge and guess what knowledge is priceless it's priceless and so that's my suggestion to to all fishermen not fishing guides but all fishermen Give knowledge. Do you see a difference in the receptiveness to that knowledge on a generational a- basis, or a- a- absolutely? I see a, I see a, a, I see people more receptive. I am concerned. You know, boy, this this will stir some people up. But I am concerned that maybe the younger generation. Um, let me let me see how to word. I want to word this right. We we live in a world where everything to our a lot of our children my 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 grandchildren that are growing up my 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 sons my stepkids all of us that inf- information and answers to information and answers to questions is instantaneous yeah, yeah. ask siri amazon Google. prime <laughs> i mean okay so so my concern is my concern my concern is that um the patience factor in our in our youth is diminished. It's and, instant gratification. Yeah, it's diminished, and and uh and they 
you know they 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 they've looked at they've looked at their social media and they've seen their buddy with his dad and a big fish and they want to go catch that fish and they want it to happen now and it's not, it's not how it works it's not how it works and so what i what i try to do every day i get lots of i get lots of i get lots of men and women wanting me to help them with their children i get men wanting me to help them with their wives i get some wives just wanting me to help them get rid of their husbands <laughs> here take him fishing for a day and get or for the weekend and get him out of my hair but 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 i, I worry it seems like to me Shane, that right now the majority of my people that are really, really wanting to learn are in their mid-50s to 60s that have reached retirement age that say, I've got some money, I've got good health, and I've fished a lot, but I hadn't fished very well. Teach me to fish. And then I'm going to then teach me to teach my grandchildren to fish. And and what I do see on the boat at times, and it's 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 rare. I see lots of good kids. I see lots of little. I call them little little burr-headed, toe-headed little. I can recognize them coming across the the dock. That little boy, you know, his he got that baseball pull, cap pulled down, kind of like I got mine today. My big old ears are sticking out, you know, and he's got them <laughs> oversized sunglasses on, and he's beating that pavement to death trying to get to that boat. He's going to be fine. <laughs> Dad, don't worry about him. He's going to be fine. Now that other one, that other one that you got to pull out of the car, that's caps on backwards. The flat brim. <laughs> the flat brim. Yeah, that, that's, that stumbling, that's stumbling over the parking medium because he's looking at his phone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we've got some work to do type Skinny of deal. Jeans. And I'm, yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be ugly. Understand this. I'm a, I'm a, a 58 year old, a uh, very boring guy. I don't dance very well. I can't sing. I'm not talented at very many things except fishing. And some days I suck at that, you know. So, so I don't. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm what I'm saying. But I I am concerned. I am concerned that the younger generation doesn't really take fishing serious. In other words, they don't see it as the sport that it really, really is. And you know, understand. I'm coming from. I, I I didn't say this earlier. You know, people always say, "Well, that's because you're a lure fisherman." Now, I can fish with anything. I'm quite good with bait. <laughs> I don't fish with bait, and you know why? I had I had a client of mine tell me one time. He said, "Your son summed it up." He said on a fishing trip with me. He said when he was about J Ray, when he was about ten, he said we were catching some pretty nice trout, and they were scattered. Weren't getting a lot of bites, but he said we were catching them. And he said, You walk back to the boat. And he said, I asked Jerry, he said, Jay Ray, why don't your dad fish with bait? And he said, Because he don't need it. And he's going to teach you not to need it. Okay. But when I say that, I want you to understand something. I don't have anything about against people fishing with bait. I don't care how they fish. It doesn't matter to me. But I want you to be good at whatever you do. I want you to try to be the best at what you what you what you're doing. And to me, that that is what a fishing experience is all about. Every time I go, being a little bit better, outsmarting the fish, uh, reading reading the conditions, and on a day when the fish aren't biting, get something back from it. Yesterday, we, we talked about this at dinner. Yesterday, not a very good day. My guys were totally unimpressed. You know, they weren't great either. 
you know, I didn't tell them they weren't. The highlight of the day was me calling that bobcat up off the refuge. Okay? Guess what? That's a moment. That's something special in the day. That's something special in the day. Have you ever seen an osprey hit the water and come up with a fish? If you haven't, you've got something to look forward to. You know? Have you ever seen a porpoise playing soccer with a cabbage head? Most people never have seen it. I've seen it 20 times. It's a cabbage head. They're flipping it up in the air like a soccer ball. You've got something, something to see. You know? You ever seen a double rainbow? Well, you've got something to see. You know, so there's a lot of there's lots and lots of things to see. Um, have you ever been reeling a big trout in and looked down and there was a huge one following it? You got something to see. There's lots of things out there. I was walking down the beach one day in in Copano, and the lady goes, "Oh my gosh, look at that arrowhead!" And she went to pick it up, and I said, "Hang on." I said, "Remember this: last person touched it made it. You got something to see." And that's what we need to look forward to, those those sort of things. And fishing brings you brings you that, you know. Ultimately, what is the goal when you go fishing? It's to catch fish. That's what the goal is. You know, that's what the goal is. But there's going to be a lot of days you go that you're probably not going to catch catch them like you want to. So get something else out of the day and and be happy with it. Because I I found this the more the more relaxed that I've gotten in my later years. Okay, I'll tell you this: in the last ten years. I've caught way more many, way more trout, eight to ten pounds or better than I caught in my entire years combined. You know why? I'm more in tune and I'm more relaxed and I'm more patient and I'm more appreciative of what happens. I'll tell you a story, a real quick story. I had a guy last. I caught my biggest trout last year in Port Mansfield. I caught eleven pound fish. Had four witnesses. They're sitting there. We're weighing. I'm having them weighed. I'm saying, you know, boat's right here, here's the stick, it's 32 plus inches, y'all call it. I didn't realize, in the taking the pictures and everything, when I got ready to let the fish go, it was really, had been a really great day. When I got ready to let the fish go, I just reached down, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking. And just in the moment, I just looked at the fish and I said, thanks. I said, I'm not going to ever see you again, nor you me. I said, but I, I, man, what a moment we yeah. had. Well, when I let the fish go, when I turned to the two older gentlemen, they were sobbing. And we got to dinner that night. We're eating dinner that night. And the guy said, that was worth the price of admission. He said, to see somebody that's fished their entire life so appreciative of the moment that the fish provided. That's what I want people to get to, to a point to where, what, whether it's a, personal best trout flounder piggy but whatever it is to where you become appreciative of what happened to you out there because there's so many good things that happen when you're when you're fishing i mean my fondest memories as a kid were fishing i bet if you look yeah. back a lot of your a lot of your fun hey some Absolutely. of mine and your fondest yeah. memories together are are fishing are fishing. fishing how many times when we go fishing the day after we fish or whatever is a does a text come through yeah. hey awesome day love awesome brother. day yeah hey i, I tell you a, 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 what happened to me my, my son went to stephen f austin won a national championship there bass fishing ryan the youngest one me and him went fishing one day i flew up there for for um uh july 4th weekend hot 100 and something degrees his trolling motor went out 
the boat wouldn't start very good when we started we we had to kind of sort of drift fish it you know put the big motor around we finally found a spot that he had discovered and i caught a fish almost 10 pounds and we let the fish go we pulled to the bank there was a couple of southern gentlemen sitting there on the bank they took some really horrible pictures of us <laughs> with the fish we let the fish go and when i got to the airport ryan ryan is my sentimental son jay ray is my tough one ryan's my sentimental son we got to the airport i got to the gate toward the gate and ryan goes hey uh i'm gonna stop here i'm not much on goodbyes and i said yeah i know me either and so i started walking off and so we're in i'm in the tyler airport i'm walking down i get about 40 yards down the gate and i hear oh man we had us a moment didn't we that's pretty special yeah that's what it's about that's pretty special you just that's what it's about yeah that sums it up that's what it's about you don't ever know on that trip is your last trip that's and- right that's where I thought you were going earlier when we were talking about Fort Mansfield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 A lot was going on in your, you know, with, with Tim and everything yeah. else. And yeah. We had a, when we, when we were in Port Mansfield that year, that, that, that big Mike caught that big fish. We had a real good friend of ours, a good fishing, my best friend, best man in several of my weddings. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 water out my nose <laughs> yeah blue water out you several of my wedding um tim redden and me and tim were really really good friends and tim had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and we were just going through a really we were just all of us were just going through a really tough time with the red and strong deal that we were all trying to you know help tim you know take care of himself and take care of his family and and that's what we that's what we were talking about that night you know you'll never know when it's your last your last hoorah. I remember my dad's last fishing trip. We were on the Tide Gauge Bar. We had had a phenomenal day catching these fish on on uh, 52M 19 mirror lures. I mean, I don't know how big they were. We didn't weigh them in those days. We just, I know this. I know that I couldn't pick up 20 of them on a stringer. I mean, they were, and my dad was a pretty big guy, um, unlike me. But anyway, on the way back to the boat, I asked him, I said, you don't look like you feel good. And he goes, I feel terrible. He said, my back has been killing me for six months. And my dad was a coach and, you know, tough guy. I didn't go to the doctor. I went to the doctor. Well, 54 days later, he was gone. That was the last fishing trip we went on. And that picture was in his in his intensive care, you know, his, his uh, hospital room the day he died type of deal. So you, we don't ever know when those, you know, when those times are coming for us. You know, and that's why, to me, and, and as an older guide, that's why it's become important to, you know, pass the educational part of fishing along, make people appreciate all the things that happened, and and I'm still, man, I'm 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 still guilty of, you know, wanting to get the day started and let's go catch them, and it's all about catching them, because that's what makes me who I am. That's the competitive part of me that makes me Jay Watkins, you know. It just makes me who I am, and I am competitive. I don't want here, – here's what I want. When I'm dead, I want John Blaha to look down and say, that's a fishing son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fishing son of a gun right there. You know, it, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not wanting, I'm not wanting great things. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wanting great things. I just want people to say, 
he was good at what he did, okay? And he, and he, and he taught me something. You know, and he passed something along to people. And I think, and, and what I want is I want everybody to do that. I want not just me to do it. I want everybody to do it. I want guides to do it. I want non-guides to do it. I want, I want uh, single moms that take their kids fishing. I want them to do it. And I want dads that take their kids fishing to do it. I want moms and dads. I want them all to do it type of deal you know and and i think i think that what happens when you do that is ultimately you fall in love with the sport and when you fall in love with the sport you do everything within your power to protect it absolutely you do everything within your power to protect it It, you know and personal it it becomes personal and you know the 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 cedar bio uh opening and and that deal and the habitat deal it's become personal with john he takes it personal don't let him kid you. Don't let him tell you he doesn't take it personal. He I'm, takes it personal. I won't shy away from it. He, he takes it personal. personal. And 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 boy, if you if you if you say something negative about it, you'll find out real quick how personal he takes it. Because <laughs> boy, he'll be like, "Well, no, 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 Jay, that's just not right. That's not what that's that's not what they said." You know, type of deal. And and that's that's the way you sh- that's the way you should be. That's the way you should be. And that's the way we want that's what we want people to 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 become. And you know, that's I and I and I hope that's comes through in this this podcast that that's what we that's what we want you know um man we have got a tremendous fishery along the along the texas coast we 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 do and we've got some of the most pristine waters and uh it's up to us to protect it it's up up to us to protect it and we've got good people in place to to do that and uh and we need more we need more you know uh we need more people to do it and we need you need it in all in every facet of the community you know you need it from you need it from the top to to the to the they don't like to say you don't like to use the word bottom but you need it from the top to to the bottom you need everybody everybody pitching in and everybody pitching in and helping and and uh and i, I think rockport is 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 i think it's turned that way i mean i really do i, I mean i do i mean I see more people on my boat today that are will get out of the boat and say, "We don't need any fish today, Jay. Not a problem, you know." And 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 I have some that want to keep fish. Uh, don't have a zero problem with people keeping fish. Not ever. I always tell people that in my seminars and in the, my my blogs and in my updates. I tell my fishing clubs that I don't have a problem with you keeping fish. I think the numbers that we have in place are okay. I think they're good. I think they're I think they're good. I think the fishery will can withstand withstand the pressure type of deal because I see an education developing out there to where people are willing to say, "Hey, it's not about it's, it's not about how many I caught." It's an evolution yeah. of angler. I mean, I've got buddies I grew up with and fished with in my twenty, you know, teens, twenties, thirties, and you know, you you thought, like you said earlier, you thought the world was coming to end. And if you talk about cutting limits or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean, one of my very best friends, you know, he we keep fish all the time. We do fish fries for everybody. And very seldom does he ever, you know, he very seldom does he keep fish. I mean, right. it's what he wants to eat and right. And uh, I mean, living in Rockport, you get spoiled. And and uh, if I want fish to eat, I don't want it to have been frozen. I'm gonna uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna keep, go out. I'm gonna keep yeah. a few, and I'm gonna eat well, them that weekend. And, you know. Well, and my deal's always been to to guys. I, I always said this jokingly to guys. Guys would say, "Well, you know, if I don't, Jay, if we don't, if I don't 
I don't keep 10 trout or I don't keep five trout or whatever. You don't keep a bunch of fish. My wife ain't going to let me come back. She loves deep fish. I said, well, don't take so much home. Then you can come back. <laughs> you know, don't take so much home. You can come back. Say, well, honey, it was pretty good, but it wasn't real good. But next month's supposed to be a great yeah. month. You know, and Jay has some openness type of deal. Uh, it, it, it's all about respect, uh, respect and resource, respecting each other. Yeah. Uh, and, Heavy uh, on the respect and yeah. the resource and each other. Absolutely. Let's talk about Rockport a little bit. I mean, John, you've been here how many years? Uh, uh, we'll be in this house 10 years, so I've – Actually, what Rancis is going to be six. I've, I've had a place here for probably 13 years now. Um, and Jay, born and raised, or just born raised? raised born, born and raised here. Uh, so, how have y'all seen Rockport evolve over the past several decades? Growing, oh, man. Growing? Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's, it's growing. When I moved here, it was a lot like Angleton as far as size. Um, but, uh, you know, when we first come, started coming here, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Bypass wasn't open yet. Yeah. You, know, you had to go all the way through town. Remember? You had to go all the way through yeah. town. By, I mean, they were yeah. working on a bypass, and there was a part of it open, but uh, it, it wasn't all the way open. And, uh, I mean, golly, when I was in high school, there was a yellow blinking light. It was the only light in town. There was a yellow blinking light at, at Highway 35 and Market Street. And Is that, that where was, the old HEB? No. That's out, that's out by where um, – where uh, Las Camales restaurant okay. is and Brock Lumber and, Yard. Okay. and Brock yeah Pro Build Brock Lumber Yard in in, in those days, um, and you know Key Allegro was was established but not nearly nearly as big. Uh, Harbor Oaks was just getting started, which is Canoe Lake type of deal. Uh, one of my best friends was a guy named Tommy, uh, not best friend but a real good friend of mine, a guy named Tommy Moore. His dad was the head of fisheries. Uh, in Texas at that time, Tom Moore, and uh, um, we fished in Canoe Lake, and we trolled. We <laughs> trolled with silver spoons. You can't believe what we called trolling behind that little <laughs> behind that little polar craft boat, you know, type of deal. But uh, Rockport continues to grow. It it grows on the weekends tremendously uh, with with visitors. Every hotel, every motel, every trailer park. Uh, if you called in town today and said. I want a boat barn to put a 24-foot boat in. You're not going to find one. And there's probably 800 to 1,000 at least boat barns here in town. And the one they're building out and there the one on they're the building out there on t- and outside of town. So, so, so people are coming to the coast. And, and that's not something new. Yeah. That's not something new. If, you, if you've traveled any at all, which I have not, but when I do travel, when me and my wife a few years back were in Napa, I didn't talk to anybody. In the Napa Valley, didn't know where Rockport was. Yeah, I mean the last, in the last probably three years, maybe four years, we've added a Hampton, we've added a Motel Six, we've added a La Quinta, we've got a, a another Hilton brand hotel, Hawthorne Suites. Or what, yeah. no, what is that? Well, uh, whatever it is, that's fixing to open. Uh, got a new Holiday Inn Express. I mean, big hotels. Yeah, that these hotels for, with with two hundred rooms. Yeah, you know, and, and, and they'll be booked. I mean, you, they'll you, be booked. And you get back to you know CCA, you know promoting the fishery, and and Jay mentioned you know the quality of fisherman, fisher person that Lisa is, and and some of his other clients, and and Ellen Omstead that used to work with us, and uh, babes on babes on the bay. I mean yeah. it's a thirteen fourteen hundred person 
or lady event now. Yeah, largest it's largest like, fishing tournament, not single, just female single day tournament, largest single day tournament in the world. And <clears throat> and those women, they you know they don't just come into town for that weekend. Uh-uh. They're coming into town throughout the year. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, They're we, practicing. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've so packages that women. You know, you know how many trips a year you do? Probably just women. Oh I mean, shoot, at least at least a dozen. Yeah. At least a dozen, you know, women that come and and they just they, I mean, they got three or four girls. They want to, and their deal is we want to learn. We go fishing with our husbands, or we fishing these tournaments. We want to learn how to fish. Well, you help us learn how to fish. Yeah. So yeah, it's a. I, I mean, there there's to answer. I'll put it this way, I I don't know that there's a better town on the entire Gulf Coast to be a fishing guide in. <laughs> No, than Rockport is. Oh, yeah. Than Rockport is. And I, where I was going with the women do is, you know, if the women like it, they're going to want to come here. Obviously, yeah, their husband's going to come here. They're going to get second homes. And it just, it, it continues to grow. I mean, they're putting in a brand new subdivision right around the corner here. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so it, um, yeah, it, it changes. You get the summertime crowd, then we get the, the winter Texans, and, you know, they're coming in now. So, and it's you, a busy little town. It's you don't a busy want, town. You don't want to be in HEB at five o'clock on a Friday. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I, you don't I want to did be it on a Memorial Day weekend, and it was. Yeah. Well, you're, yeah, your brother's got to have yeah. some kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. So, it I mean, is. y'all think? You think it can sustain that growth? I mean, specifically to the to the fishery. To the fishery. Well. Yeah. You know, here's 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 what we do. Here's what we know. Now, you heard me say earlier that, you know, boat traffic, you know, the fish come back. They they do come back. Does boat traffic affect them? Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Absolutely, it does. I mean, it 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 affects them. You know, uh, are fish harder to catch on weekends than they are during the week? Absolutely. More just more more boats, more noise, more people. You know, pushing, blowing, pulling, walking, stomping, whatever there is. Okay. You know, I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the answer uh, whether it can sustain it, whether the fishery can sustain sustain it or not. I think that's one of those deals we have to leave to science. You know, and we have here. Here's what here's what I hope. What I hope that we've learned, and that we continue to become more of, is proactive and not reactive. You know, I think in the past there's been situations where we were reactive. Yeah. Well, we had Absolutely. a, you know, we had a a a, a bad whatever, so we got to do this, or or we hadn't had a bad deal, so we don't need to do anything. I think what we need to do is, I think we need to continue to monitor fish populations and and fish growth and and you know the the krill surveys and the net surveys, and we need to we we need to. Uh, monitor the numbers of people fishing you know once in a while i'll take off on a saturday or sunday and i'll just drive around and i'm astonished at how many boat trailers i can count at boat trip i mean it's crazy 500 um, you know 500 yeah and that's not counting the people that's not counting boats that are put in that people have behind their houses which there's lots of subdivisions that have homes that have Hundreds of boats behind there, you know, type of deal. It's not counting the stack storages. You know, we've got two of them in between Rockport and Ranzas Pass that have over 700 to 800 boats in them. Okay, they're full 
All right? Golly. That's, that goes back to me saying, gosh, I hope everybody don't catch one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope everybody don't just catch for just one well, type I mean, of deal. You know, Parks, Parks and Wildlife, they, they want fishing license sales. Absolutely. But the, the others, they, they need that to, to sustain themselves as a, as a state agency. That's where their funding comes from. But the, the flip side is we get all these anglers. It becomes a lot harder to manage the bait. Coastal conservation, we want more membership, right? Absolutely. Raise absolutely. money for I mean, conservation. I, that's absolutely. One of, we, one of we, my active members, that's one of his biggest crises. We promote fishing too much. So, so we, how, know, that's how we – but we promote it, we educate them, and we educate them to take care of it. And that future. goes back to Jay's point, well, which I think was, was – I mean, one of the one of the most important things – you said a lot of other great things tonight, but one of the most important things is like – the key to all this is is educating the users. Yeah, yeah, it 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 is, you know, and 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 I and I do think this. I I think that that there's I'm, that we're seeing a growth in the users that are wanting to be educated. That are it, it does it does seem this is what I'll give the younger generation. The younger generation does seem to be not as greedy. That as maybe I was when I was their age. And when I was in their age, if we went duck hunting, the duck hunt, the limit was 10. If there was four of us, by God, you better have 40. You know, I didn't even like ducks. You know, but but now my dad made me eat ducks. <laughs> you killed ducks, you were you going to eat now. ducks <laughs> type of deal. You know, but I do think that the younger generation may be more in tune with, well, that's just too much. Okay. Because you do see them, even though they may want instant gratification, they're more easily satisfied. I agree with that. They're more easily satisfied. In other words, that that's good. I I, I use Shayla for example, my stepdaughter, just only girl out of out of out of all of me and my wife's kids, six of them, five boys. Shayla was the youngest, cutest, youngest, smartest. <laughs> no, most athletic. Yeah, be all yeah all, yeah most athletic. I mean we. Yeah, we we give Shayla the all the kudos type of deal, but Shayla perfectly happy when I take her fishing when she catches a couple of fish. It's like, oh, this was great. I had fun today. It was fun. Can we go to Pops and get a burger? <laughs> can we can we go to can you know can we can we can we stop at stop at Moon Dogs and get a hamburger type of deal? Okay, well that goes back to that moment deal. Yeah. But it but it it also says that that younger generation, even though they may want, now Shayla may have said, I want you to get me, I want you to, I want a rod like yours, and I want a reel like yours, which she can throw. She's very athletic, and I want some. Sims boots and some. I want those Gucci Sims pants and I want that really nice Sims shirt, which she gets. We buy right there at Orvis here in Rockport. You know, I Dave want, knows me well. I want those waiters that zip down. I want the waiters that zip down, just like your waiters, not them other waiters type of deal. Uh, and I want to catch a fish. But once she's caught one or two, she's perfectly happy. She doesn't need me to say, well, you need to catch 10. Yeah. She doesn't. Once, once that, so, so, so maybe there's a plus, maybe that's what we, maybe that's what we use. Maybe there's a plus uh-huh. in saying, okay, you want instant gratification is, is, is one or two going to be enough? Cause if it is, we're golden yeah. <laughs> type of deal. And she cares nothing about whether or not I keep it or not. It's like, Shayla, I think that's a nice one. You want to let it go? Sure. Yeah, sure. So, so even though they may want instant gratification, though, even though I may be concerned about it, 
I'm also impressed with the fact that they are willing, they're very willing to do what I asked them to do. A uh, perfect example is Ryan's little girl, Rayleigh. We call her Ray Ray. She's two and a half years old. When Ryan catches that bass and she reels it in, she wants to put that bass right back in the water. Okay, why does she want to put that bass back in the water? You know why she wants to put that bass back in the water? Because she saw Daddy put that bass back in the water. Absolutely. Okay? And it's... That's why she wants to. I I agree with you on the instant gratification. I do... I also do believe there's there's a generation of anglers out there that 20 to, you know, J-Ray's age, and even some a little older and a little Mm -hmm. younger, that they are setting, you know... So many of them now are on the hunt for that one fish. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And there's some damn good fishermen out I, there. I think we've seen an upswing in our winter fishing and our, some of our larger fish because the majority of the people targeting those up larger fish are 100% letting them go. They are letting them go. And, and why are they letting them go? Because they've been educated to let them go. Right. And it may have started, very well could have started with Tom Nix. In the very first... I wrote for Tom Nix. I didn't always agree with everything that Tom Nix said. <laughs> Me and Tom Nix would, would go head-to-head on stuff. I had a couple of battles with him. <laughs> you know, but, but I will say this. He, had this. he had this thought and this dream of doing live trout, trophy trout tournaments, and it worked. It worked. And you're bringing those big fish in out of Baffin Bay, and guess what? You're putting them right back where you caught them. Yeah. Okay, so... So it could some of it could have started there to where these younger anglers like my son, like J Ray, like a lot of a lot of young anglers out there that I that I know, which I would I would I would be willing to say that it is close to it's at least ninety percent of that entity, that fish that on a daily basis, those guys do not keep fish. I mean, you look at Brett Sweeney, you yeah, look at yeah. Aaron Hommel, any of those guys. Yeah, I mean yeah, they're yeah. You look at those guys, they're, they're, they're letting those fish yeah. go. You know, we go to Mansfield, it's catch and release. Well, that's what I, I've what, fished three trips with you in Mansfield. I bet, I bet we haven't kept 10 fish out of yeah. six, nine trips, you know. Yeah, it, we, I mean, and, and that's, that's for ceviche the next yeah. day or for a, a couple of grilled fish that night, you know, type of deal. Yeah. But, but, uh, and no big fish whatsoever so so uh, there's an upswing in that fishery because those people are conscious of that fishery and all we need to do is just make them conscious of the whole fishery just mm-hmm. the every day just mm-hmm. yeah. taking care just, yeah, just, just taking care of it yeah uh, and and i think if you personally if you if it if people that fish guides and non-guides if you personally try to do that every day and try to you know what I you know what I found? Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. I can just get out of the boat in the morning and just not take a stringer, not ask anybody if they need one. Catch a fish and say, God, look at that guys. They say, Man, that's a nice one. I say, Yeah, he's beautiful. Let it go. And I just don't ever say anything, just watch the rest of the day. Guys, that's a good one too. I I caught a good one too. You never By have example. to say anything. Yeah. By example. By example, just like Rayleigh, it's like I said, just like Ray Ray wanted to let that bass go, she lets that bass go because Daddy let that bass go. Yeah, that's what she saw. Okay, so you know, but I don't want people listening to this to think, 
you know, that we're jumping off on this deal that she should let all the fish go. I don't oh, think that. No. I, we don't think that at all. John doesn't no. think that. I, I know like you don't think that. that. I don't think that. <laughs> you know, we don't. It, it, keeping fish is healthy for the fishery. Uh, I mean, you know, to a certain degree. But if you need fish, keep fish. If you don't need them, don't don't keep them. Uh, uh, you know, and educate people along the way. Educate people on on you know ethical fishing practices, uh, ethical boating. You know, when you're out there, um, and I think you'll find, you know, it go it goes back it goes back to, you know, it goes back to, what the what the good book says. You know, if you if you treat people like you want to be treated, then things will be okay. Yeah. And I and I think that I think that's I think that's true. So. Well, let's let's wrap let's wrap this up with a couple of final thoughts. John, do you have a closing <laughs> closing statement yeah, or something just, you want to leave uh, the listeners with? You know, this uh, like I told Gerald Shane, this is something I've been wanting to see for a long time, and and when you start talking about these podcasts, it uh, I like wow, you know, I give you all kind of ideas and. And uh, having you know people like Jay, um, the gentleman you did with the flounder fishing, and I think it'll that's part of that educational process. Uh, you know Scott Jones at the Galveston Bay Foundation. That's going to be part of that educational process, and you know not only for CCA members, but anybody that, you know tunes in and listens to it. And and uh, in the end, it, it's up to us to take care of take care of that resource and to uh, to make sure it's there for future generations. You know. Uh, when I write, I kind of have a. I'm, I'm always talking about you know to ensure that resource for present and future generations, and that's you know for me personally, that's that's my charge. Um, I left Dow Chemical and and uh, was fortunate to get this job, and and since that day, I, I feel like that has been my charge to ensure and guarantee this resource for the future. Jay, well. I mean that's that's kind of a hard act to follow there, you know. <laughs> I mean really, I mean, I mean I, I'm not going to say I would have said those things because I couldn't have thought <laughs> that intelligently to say that sort of stuff. You know, you know my final my my final thought is 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 this too. It's and it's on the education deal. You know, it's that that each individual out there that's that that fishes when you when you buy that license when you go fishing you become responsible and you're responsible for for the fishery uh, through your actions and so become proactive and and ensure that the people that you touch that you have influence on that you influence them the right way you know in the right way the right way is to is to preserve the the fishery that we have so that other generations just like john said other generations can, can enjoy it you know uh and that's what I think. That's what any fisherman wants to be remembered for is passing something along, passing something you know good along. And so you know that's what that's what I'd say. I'd say if you have good, if you have knowledge, if you have uh, something valuable to to teach, teach it. You know, if you have something valuable to say, say it. You know, and if you have something valuable to do, do it. You know, I, I'm I'm not ever going to retire. Just one day you're gonna find me out there with crabs on my ears, and I got some big ass ears, <laughs> and there's gonna be there's gonna be some crabs on those. Sides. <laughs> but you know, but you're gonna find me out there, and you know, until that until that day, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be charged with the with you know my 
my duty is going to be to continue to learn and continue to to teach and continue to not be afraid to admit when I was wrong or when I didn't know. Uh, I had a teacher in college tell me one time, he said, there's not anything wrong with admitting that you don't know. Just always say, I don't know, but I'll find out. And so, so you know, that's what I'll leave people with. I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to teach, and I'm going to continue to educate, and I'm going to educate as I learn. And hopefully some of the people that are listening to this will get to learn along with me, you know, because I'm still learning. I'm still learning. There's, we're, we're, man, with, with the growth on the Texas coast, with, with the population explosion on the Texas coast, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna need to learn. We're going to need to learn a lot. We're going to need to learn it fast, and, and we're going to. We've got, we got the right people in the right places. We've got the right institutions in place to take care of it. Uh, CCA's done a terrific job. Local community's done a good job. A lot of fishermen done good jobs, you know. And I always tell people when they ask me about the, I say this, the CCA, the CCA is us. It's the members. That's who it is. Absolutely. That's who it is. It's the members. Absolutely. You know, and that's who John John and all the board of directors, that's who they represent. They represent me. Mm-hmm. They represent you. They represent Lisa. They represent Mike. They represent Ryan, J. Ray. They represent every member. That's who they represent. And we have a voice. And and that voice is a voice of education. And that's what we need to do. We need to we need to pass that along. So that's what I'll close with. And I and like I said earlier, John, Shane, I honored honored to do this this was awesome highlight of my career well i'm not going to try to top that for <laughs> sure hey, we, we want to thank you yeah, we really appreciate thank you taking you. your time to thank be you. here and do this this has been it's great awesome. um not be the longest podcast in history no we're gonna break this baby up into two parts there you go we got two podcasts that's right this, that's right. So, this has that's been right. great man you need to come thank down you. yeah you need to come to mansfield we'll really podcast down there oh, <laughs> you know, a, a big a day a, a big day of of trophy trout fishing and boy that podcast I'll, would be really I'll do good it. I'll yeah do it. after cocktail hour that'd be great yeah absolutely <laughs> down there sometimes on the third night cocktail hour continues into the into the night all right folks we hope you enjoyed that episode with john and jay be sure to tune in in the coming weeks we're going to sit down with chester moore and hear what he has going on with this children's ministry with the fishing industry as a whole and what's going on in the upper Texas coast. And then after that, we're going to head down to Port Arthur and speak with Parks and Wildlife's Carrie Gelby, Kirk Blood, and CCA Orange County President Scott Bandy and get their take on the Sabine Lake fishery. Thank you again for listening and remember, stay coastal.